are listening to another episode of the Coach's Circle Podcast, brought to you by LifeCoachPath.com. Our goal is to explore all the different ways you can craft your own career in the fields of coaching, wellness, and mental health. Each episode features guests who offer an authentic perspective on their own unique career path and explores ways you might begin to craft your own. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit www.lifecoachpath.com. And now, here's your host, Brandon Baker. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Coaches Circle podcast. Today's special guest is Jeff Siegel. He is a wellness, health, and life coach, a certified personal trainer, and transformational speaker based in Boston, Massachusetts. Hey, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Hey, Brandon. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, I I definitely am excited to dive in because I know that your approach to coaching um, is is definitely more body focused. It's definitely more wellness focused. So um, just to give listeners an idea of the work you're doing, uh, why don't you just start us off with a a bit of background as to who you are and how you got into uh, the type of work you're doing? So I I love that you use the word body focused. Uh, I think that is essential. And so much of my coaching work comes back to the embodied aspect. Um, and, and this is both in the kind of health and the physical dimension of how are we taking care of, of our bodies with movement and, and exercise, nutrition, sleep. Um, but then also that all, all meaningful change is about you know, moving from our head through our heart into our body. And it's really easy to sit and deliberate and, you know, think all these different thoughts about things, stuff you want to change, stuff you don't like, stuff you want to work on. Um, and the hard part is, is embodying it, right, is putting it into practice on a daily basis. And uh, for me, you know, my journey really began as a teenager when I suffered from an eating disorder. Um, I was around 15 in high school. I became... Uh, really underweight, um, had all sorts of intrusive thoughts about food, very obsessive and kind of compulsive around eating, was medically unstable and actually had to uh, leave high school and was hospitalized for a number of months. Wow. And, um, you know, that was that was really that sort of dark night of the soul, a, a big, a big low point, both in terms of my physical and my mental and my, my spiritual health. Uh, and, it was from that point when I began this journey to healing and uh, wholeness. And that involves, uh, you know, a lot of support. I'm so thankful that I, I had a, a family with, you know, and the, the attitude and the resources to help support me. And, um, you know, so that involved, you know, therapy and nutritionists and all sorts of supports. Um, and that journey continued, you know, for me into college, I studied neuroscience and behavioral biology, because I really wanted to try to understand. I wanted to try to figure out what the hell happened to me. You know, why was I at war with my body? Why was my mind so controlling and mistrustful of my body? And, and how did that all manifest through, through food? Um, and I, you know, I learned a tremendous amount about, about biology and physiology and health. Um, but I also felt a little bit disillusioned about the sort of scientific reductionist view. And I, and you know, that at that point it was, you know, kind of boiling everything down to neurotransmitter imbalances and other stuff. And I felt like there was something else. 
Um, and so sort of part of my hero's journey is uh, after college, I, I actually left the US. I moved out to Asia. First, I was living in Malaysia and then Hong Kong, um, where I was for about for some years mm -hmm. and I was uh, I was working as an English teacher but when I was out there I was also really doing a lot of spiritual exploration getting involved in meditation mindfulness different eastern contemplative traditions and I even did a master's in Buddhist studies at wow. the University of Hong Kong um, and for me I was I was really seeking to to kind of complement this western scientific viewpoint with more of this sort of eastern spiritual view of, uh, you know, what makes a meaningful life, you know, trying to fill some of the void that I still felt um, in myself. And, uh, and then at, at that point, I actually ended up, uh, the reason I'm, you know, back in, in Boston was to do a master's at Harvard University in mind and brain education. And that was, my hope was to be able to integrate, to, to combine the science and the spirituality, the Eastern and the Western, um, to really take this very whole person approach and when I say whole person, you know, mind, body, spirits, whole person in terms of both the, you know, kind of objective scientific things that we can measure. And then also the subjective uh, kind of mushy, you know, emotional stuff that uh, <laughs> we all know is there, but is a lot harder to, to quantify. And, um, and so this is the, the framework and this is really the paradigm that I've now carried with me into my coaching practice, uh, drawing upon a lot of these different Kind of disciplines and, and trying to bring them together both in myself and, and in the work that I do uh, with clients. Right. Perfect. Yeah, that was that was a perfect, neat summary of of your journey, which is really a literal term. In this case, you literally had a journey <laughs> around the world um, and, of course, in your own mental evolution. Um, so, yeah. So thank you for taking us through that. And again, I, I always love asking about your background, about the guest's background, because I think it's become clear by now that the most effective coaching happens in areas that the coach, him or herself, struggled with for so long. And in your case, it was a lot of body-related struggles. And, uh, you know, that experience, as hard as it was at the time, I think you would agree makes you uniquely suited to do the work you're doing today. Um, you know, it, it gives you a very unique and authentic window into what it's like, you know, for your client to be going through that because, hey, you know, 20 years ago, I was going through the same thing, right? So, um, yeah. I totally agree. And I feel, as you said, the words, uh, you know, authentic, genuine. Um, you know, I, I source a lot of my wisdom from my own struggles. And, you know, I, I believe, you know, it's, it's, it's all of our responsibility to take a look at ourselves and to, to find the things where we're, you know, the things that cut us off from the world, the things that we suffer and struggle with um, and to heal those. And then, and then to, to do it in a way that it becomes an offering to others um, to help mm -hmm. them heal, to help them avoid some of the same pitfalls. You know, mm -hmm. as, as you said, it's like, I've, I've traversed that territory. Um, and so I kind of, I know, uh, you know, very intimately, a lot of uh, about the snarky habits when it comes to, uh, you know, eating and binging and restricting, or when it comes to body image issues or not trusting your body, um, when it comes to uh, just like, you know, general self-criticism and lack of compassion and, uh, you know, trying to find the right mindset um, in which to approach these things. And so, 
you know, yeah, there, there, there is very much a strong correlation there that I think is, is really important. And it, um, and when I reflect back on my own coaching journey, you know, I think, um, not only was I, was I younger and, and I didn't perhaps have the same depth of awareness. Um, but you know, I, I think perhaps what is true for many of us is like, you know, we start with a little bit more of a generic take, you know, I think in the beginning I was, I was much more of your sort of generic off the shelf, you know, health and wellness fitness Mm -hmm. guy. Um, and I think it took a number of years for me to really begin to find what my unique voice was, what my unique contribution was. And it was through the process though, of coaching and working with clients of continuing to do my own self-development work that I, you know, I could refine that message. Um, and so I just want to put that out there, you know, for people that are starting coaching, you know, and, and I know there's a lot of talk about kind of finding your niche and finding your, you know, your unique story and, and it's there, it's, it definitely is there, but it, it also takes some time, uh, to refine, to groom. And so it's okay if it feels a little bit mushy or ambiguous to start. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I do mention it on the show that there is no need to feel this overwhelming pressure from day one in your coaching practice to know exactly who you are going to be um, in year five or in year 10. You know, I know that there's there's some kind of temptation to kind of, you know, declare who you are once you open your doors, right? You build your website, you you build all your marketing materials, you kind of hang, you know, your sign out, out the door, as it were. But what you're left wondering is, okay, but how am I different from the one next to me? And finding that answer, like you said, takes time. So I'm I'm so glad that you uh, put it that way, that you mentioned that, because that is something that a lot of listeners to the show, uh, I'm sure, are are contending with themselves. Mm. Yeah. So so thank you for that. I want to ask you kind of a kind of a, uh, and I think it's an interesting question. You know, you're you're approaching this very body centered, very body focused. In your opinion, let's imagine that there's a coach that is approaching their clients, you know, from the complete opposite end, not not body focused, but they're very good at what they do. They they're good at, let's say, motivational interviewing, and um, they give challenges to the client uh, throughout the week. And, you know, they're they're very well versed in all the literature, the academics of it, and they're very effective, but they don't incorporate the body whatsoever in their work. Um, what do you think is missing? Like, what what can be the effect of, of missing that element, right? Because I, I've spoken to so many coaches that seemingly don't incorporate any kind of body work in in their clients' um, improvement, in their clients' work. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe they just don't have that background. Maybe they never had to deal with any kind of body issues or, or eating disorders when they were growing up. So maybe they just are not familiar or don't think it's necessary. So my question to you is, is that, what do you think can happen when a coach neglects to include the body as part of their right. practice? Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting question. And I, you know, there's there's a lot of really great, you know, kind of mind only approaches. And you mentioned motivational interviewing is an excellent skill set. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of other more kind of therapeutic traditions that are, mm-hmm. are mostly focused on, on mindsets, right. And, um, and, and narratives. Um, and these, these are important pieces. Uh, and so I, I don't want to discount them, you know, from me, I think it's the, the addition of the body just kind of adds in this extra layer that can really turbocharge a lot of the behavior change, right? Cause behavior happens 
not just in the mind, right? The mind can contemplate and imagine and dream, but like behavior is, is enacted through the body and meaning, right? What gives our lives meaning is, is largely a result of, of the experiences that are, are moving through us, you know, flowing out, flowing in through the body, through the environment. Um, and so, and, and I'll say it really depends also on the type of areas that you might be coaching someone around, you know, if it's, you know, things about finances or career, you know, those might lend themselves to a little bit more of just kind of a, a heady only approach. Um, but when it, especially when it comes to obviously health and wellness challenges or other life issues, you know, if you see that your client, you know, can sit and, you know, you talk through some stuff and maybe you have some of those great breakthrough insights and aha moments and, and, you know, you get those sort of perspective shifts that you're looking for, but then, you know, the next week you talk to your client again and they come back and they haven't really done anything. Right. And the question is why, mm -hmm. why, why were they uh, unable to act upon the knowledge that they have? And I often find that it's because there's something going on in their body that's preventing them from taking action. Unbeknownst to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you're right. It can, it can be, it can be very unconscious you know, and because these things become very habitual, our patterns of, of avoidance or neglect, um, you know, is something that we don't often look at and we don't often want to feel. So like this, this uh, question of feeling, right? There's a lot of things that we really avoid feeling. Um, and so if, if you're trying to change some part of your life that involves feeling something uncomfortable or unfamiliar or new to you, um, and you don't, and you know, you, you're not, you don't have the skills to do that, then it's going to be really hard. So that's why like in my sessions, I like to actually practice with my clients trying to, to feel that feeling first. So when they encounter it, you know, out in their day to day, when they're doing whatever, you know, they want to be doing like now it's a little bit more familiar. It's a little bit easier for them to access and work with it um, as opposed to it being this really, you know, perhaps unconscious roadblock that is uh, preventing them from moving forward. Absolutely. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> so with regards to exercising specifically, you know, uh, somebody listening that has maybe more of a neurophysiological, you know, background or bent to their way of thinking, they might say, oh, yeah, I mean, exercise is obviously important. But what are we talking about here other than just like, you know, uh, dopamine and like, you know, serotonin and mm -hmm. uh, endorphins and things of that nature. So what is your stance on um, you know, is your body work, you know, is it, is that essentially just what you're trying to do is just maybe boost happiness hormones or what seems more likely the case here is, is there something more to the body work than just, you know, some kind of like reductionist view like that? <laughs> well, I, I think you had a, a really good sort of leading question. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, right, I, you know, I think I know the answer there. But <laughs> yeah. You, you embedded the answer in it. Um, <laughs> You know, so yes, like exercise produces this neurochemical cascade that that elevates all sorts of happy, feel good hormones and things in our body that it's really important. And especially if you're working with a client that's dealing with depression or low mood or low energy, like, you know, just just getting them moving, right, just sort of shaking their DNA, jiggling their body, getting fluids and things moving around, like can be incredibly helpful at that really basic sort of biological level and there's a whole lot more to it mm -hmm. um right so it's always about you know it's like meeting your client wherever they're at on their journey with movement 
um, because I find that it, this is a really sensitive issue, you know, and there are some, and then, you know, I work with a lot of people that, um, you know, were, were like athletic when they were young and then, you know, life happened, they became parents, they got different jobs. Inevitably we live in such a sedentary culture that they kind of, they, they lose that. And, um, you know, but people can have all sorts of experiences throughout their life that either turn them away from exercise and fitness and sports or turn them towards it, or they get injured or, you know, the, so it's about, it's about understanding your client's personal journey and then trying to find a system that's going to work for them. Um, and, you know, taking those right little baby steps, you know, I think again, for my, in my own life in my own personal journey um you know i've i've traversed all these things where like getting really involved in weightlifting in college um and having this sort of like athletic competitive mindset and then getting more into the sort of some of the bodybuilding and just really thinking about uh appearance and, and you know more of the superficial physique um mm -hmm. and then moving away from that um i've done martial arts most of my life which is which is really just uh, you know about the the practice and the the discipline um and so movement practice can can really help people find meaning in their life beyond any sort of you know increase in dopamine or serotonin that it might have um and and i think this is a broader conversation about the the sort of movement culture that we have as a society or, or here in the US, you know, that's, um, it's very distorted, you know, it's very much a sort of hyper masculine, no pain, no gain, or you, <laughs> right, or, or it's, it's, uh, it's very, it's very disembodied, right, you jump on the treadmill, and you're watching TV, and you're just sort of hamster wheeling yourself to the end when you feel like you've burned enough calories, and then yeah. you can go treat yourself, right, and um, yeah, and, and to me, that's, it's kind of sad that, that we've reached that level. Right. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to completely discount, you know, treadmills and gyms and um, you know, and, and all these things, cause they do have their place, but like, I, I would, I would love to help us all find a more connected, more embodied, more meaningful way we can exercise. And it doesn't have to look any particular way. Right. Well, definitely don't discard the the treadmills, but you can discard the uh, macho and no pain, no gain attitude. Uh, I'm I'm perfectly happy to discard with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you you kind of mentioned you know meeting your clients where they are and um, kind of crafting a plan that is fit for them. So I wanted to dive a little deeper um, into that. So when you when you meet with a client, I guess take us through briefly your general strategy in crafting a unique plan for them that, that fits their current level of fitness and their kind of goals. Um, and also, you know, given that sessions are, you know, what, only an hour or so long, maybe two hours long, and you're trying to achieve so much, not only kind of uh, neck up, but neck down, right? How do you fit all of these approaches into one client with such a limited amount of physical time together. Well, now it's on Zoom, but you know what mm -hmm. I mean? How, how do you achieve yeah. that? Sure. Um, so let me go in reverse with your question mm -hmm. about, you know, how do you achieve all these I things? always ask two-part questions. That's kind of who I am. <laughs> um, and it's tricky. It's a lot. And the answer is you never get to all of it. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, um, 
you know, a lot of my coaching work is really about, you know, dropping into my body, helping my client drop into their body, and then just, just kind of creating a, a safe open space where we can explore different topics. And I think it's helpful to have, you know, to work with your client to identify, you know, one or two things you're like, Hey, you know, today I really want to discuss, uh, you know, my eating habits or today I really wanted to focus on the way, you know, I poorly manage my stress. Right. And so you can, you can kind of bucket those things. Um, but beyond that is like, I, I personally like to leave my sessions sort of very unstructured and they, they flow and evolve organically. Um, you know, making sure I tick off, you know, a lot of the big buckets of, you know, once we've explored the thing, you know, always bringing it back to meaningful action steps um, and trying to boil it down to specific game plan that they can work on, you know, during the week or during the time um, until we next meet. And, uh, and so, you know, th that's sort of at a session by session basis, that's how it looks in terms of an overarching plan and program, you know, I think, as, as probably everybody does, you know, starting with some sort of intake assessment, right, like you need to get a baseline of where your client is at, right. And, and there's so many great tools for that, whether you use sort of like a wheel of life assessment and have people rate, you know, their satisfaction with, you know, health and fitness and spirituality and finances are all, you know, or you take a different approach, but you know, you want to get a snapshot of where your client is at, obviously mm -hmm. figure out what are the main pain points that bring them to you. Um, and then for me, I, I have a, a four part framework that helps guide my coaching practice. And the four parts are waking up, growing up, cleaning up and showing up. Love it. <laughs> and so the waking up is the initial, you know, awareness is, and specifically raising your consciousness, raising your level of awareness to be able to see things that maybe you didn't see before. And so usually this process is already in motion when a client shows up on your door because they're, they're looking at their life and saying, you know what, this isn't working. I'm not satisfied. I need to do something. Right. And so this is this ongoing process and, and mindfulness and meditation, journaling. There's a lot of practices that can help with the waking up piece. Um, and then from there, there's the, the cleaning up, which is the looking at your client's past and saying, hey, you know, what, what got you here? Um, and specifically, what sort of baggage, you know, emotionally, physically and otherwise are you, are you bringing into this? And then we kind of can kind of check in and sort of see if there's anything that we might need to skillfully let go of or, you know, rewrite some of those stories that they're holding on to that are limiting them. Um, and then the growing up piece is the forward looking, you know, and this is where the bulk of coaching, you know, happens of like, let's, let's really craft a vision. Let's get really clear on where you want to go and who you want to be. Um, and then, you know, let's, let's talk about, you know, how that's going to feel for you and, you know, what the embodied, you know, person is going to look like and be doing and acting when you step into that, you know, desired future self. Um, and then the showing up piece is the, is the day to day, like how can you then show up as a fully integrated, you know, healthy, happy and helpful human being. Um, and so those, you know, I kind of, you know, in any coaching partnership, I'm, I'm sort of zooming in and zooming out. I'm bouncing maybe from one piece, you know, growing up to back to another piece, cleaning up if there, if that keeps coming up for the client and then, 
you know, at the end of every session, okay, how do we show up? How do we put this into practice this week, right? And so um, I find that is just a helpful framework and paradigm that I use a lot um, to generally kind of guide how I work with people. Right. And so this four-part process, I'm guessing you didn't open your doors on day one and have this framework mapped out. I'm guessing this took you quite a bit of time to organize in your head. It did. Yeah. It did. Um, and, you know, and I think this is the the joyful part about about being a coach is that, you know, as you evolve, as you work with people, right? And I like to say, like, my clients are my greatest teachers, you know, and the best sessions are the ones that I come out feeling super jazzed about because I'm like, wow, you know, like that conversation unlocked something new in me that I didn't even fully know or articulate. Um, and it becomes this incredible win-win where like, you know, you're both kind of lifting each other up and, you know, that it doesn't, it doesn't always happen that way, but it can. And so to, to your point, yeah, that, that framework, you know, was probably somewhere inside of me, very ill-defined early <laughs> on in my practice. Right. And, um, and through time and refinement, yeah, it, it became more explicit and, you know, and in terms of, you know, the, the business side of coaching, you know, building some systems, uh, to put around the work that I do, right. And, you know, writing it down, you know, whether it's, you know, making some PDFs or handouts, you know, this is part of kind of building your content and your brand, um, that's going to be, you know, helpful to you, uh, you know, as a coach. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that was such a perfect window into, uh, kind of the back end of building a coaching practice. It doesn't all happen on day one. You know, um, and I think meeting with enough clients at the beginning without having that framework, you're kind of just making it up as you go, because that's what everybody does in the beginning. Um, you know, I think enough of the making it up as you go process, I think once you get enough of that, you know, it's kind of like a picture that starts to get into focus a little more and a little more and a little more until, like you said, it becomes explicit. And at that point, you can, um, you know come up with you know an awesome uh you know framework like the way you just described where it all even rhymes so uh <laughs> i think that's awesome you know and you know for full transparency that's not it's not uh entirely my idea in any way i, I was I, gonna uh, say it sounds great <laughs> you know this is something that i have uh, kind of adopted from the world of of integral uh philosophy mm -hmm. um and some of the work of of ken wilber um and and so I've, I've drawn heavily upon that and, and I just, cause I find it such a useful thing. Um, right. and you know, and for you, you know, the part of what you're saying about making it up. Yeah. You know, I want to, <laughs> I want to say just two quick things about that. One is giving yourself permission, give yourself permission to, to not have all the answers, right. To not know exactly what you're doing or whether it's totally the right thing. As you said, to, to kind of just make it up and to, to trust um, and ask for forgiveness, uh, you know, and because, you know, there is a potential for causing harm that's there. And I think it's always important to be really transparent with whomever you're working with, um, you know, and constantly checking in with them and sort of, you know, seeing how things land, um, just to make sure that you're not, you're not making any assumptions or jumping to any conclusions that aren't actually true or aren't actually helpful for your client. So. Oh. No, yeah, that that last part you said, I actually haven't heard anybody say it quite like that. Um, but you're right. There, I guess there always is this implicit um, opportunity to have the exact opposite effect that you're hoping for. I mean, nobody's perfect. I know that you're in the position of coach, but 
Um, you know, we're obviously really in the weeds here with with our clients. And once you're in that territory, um, you know, you would hope that the outcome is positive, but there might be some, you know, elements of it that might expose old wounds or, or might temporarily make things worse. And so, yeah, I think that's a, it's an interesting, um, you know, perspective to have to allow for for forgiveness. Mm. Um yeah, I want to ask you one last question that I, I like to I like to ask guests at the end of the show. And it's a bit of a tough one, but I think it's important for for aspiring coaches to get this perspective, as many different perspectives as they can on this. And that is what has been the most <clears throat> like challenging or maybe unexpectedly difficult aspects of your work, you know, because I think everybody that's getting into this field kind of understands the the positives, the you know, mm-hmm. like what can go right, <laughs> the the transformative change, the aha moment, as you alluded to earlier. But what has been the other side, the hardest thing you've had to contend with, and how are you continuing to um, to kind of correct that or to improve upon that today? Yeah, uh, another fantastic question, and you know the. For me, the hardest part was always more of the business and the marketing and the branding. Mm, you're and not the, alone. Yeah. You know, and, and I, yeah, because, you know, I think oh, people get into coaching because they want to be of service, right. you know, and, and it's a very much a, you know, a heart based kind of profession. Yet it's still, you know, we're still within a, a capitalist system and we all <laughs> have bills and we need to earn an income and a living and we need to find a way to, to you know, sell our services and get paid. And, and, and so there's always a little bit of friction around that. And, from, and specifically, you know, when I started my coaching business, um, I was very, very cognizant of, you know, I was like, I don't, I, I don't want to make this about me. Like, this isn't about me. You know, um, and so the way I language my business, you know, I, I called it something else and, and I talked about it in this sort of very impersonal way. Um, and then after, you know, a few years, you know, things were kind of moving along, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, my business was not taking off in any real way, you know, and I had some great conversations with a, a friend who's, who's wonderful at marketing and branding. And he was like, Jeff, he's like, he's like, you know, people are going to want to work with you. Um, because of you, because of your story and who you are and what you bring. And it's like, you need to bring more of your personality like out on your website and the content and the media. So at that point I did, I rebranded my website to just be my name, Jeff Siegel Wellness. I was Mm -hmm. like, let's just make it as simple and as clear (laughs) as possible. Right. And, um, you know, and I started sharing my story more um, and, you know, the things I were posting was, was more about me and, and what I'm learning and doing and trying and experimenting. Um, and, you know, and, and that was hard because again, like, I didn't want to, I didn't want it to be about me. Like, oh, I didn't want to be this selfish, egotistical, vain guy. Ooh, look at me. I'm so healthy. <laughs> I'm doing so well. Right. You know, the, the classic thing that we see all over the internet, um, uh, but like, there is something really important about that because it's all about the relationship that you have with the client. And I, I'm all about, you know, it's not about getting clients. It's about attracting the right clients to come to you. And, and in that sense, it's very much like any sort of dating relationship. It's like, you need to, you need to be your unique, fun, wonderful, you know, and also completely imperfect self and put that out there because then the people that, that see that and that like that, they're going to show up and, and 
and ask to work with you. Um, and so I've tried to, you know, and, and there's still some friction there for myself of like, how much of myself do I put out on, in the world? How transparent am I, you know, and I try to be really genuine about what, you know, what's going on for me um, and where my growth edges are. Um, but, you know, there's always a little bit of that sort of, you know, polishing it, wanting, wanting it to look good, you know, because it's, there's still that business side of things. So I think that's a, that's just an ongoing challenge, uh, both mm -hmm. for the coaching profession and, and any time when, you know, your, your personal and your professional life are so intermingled. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're showing so clearly, and you're, you're just really well spoken on it too, by the way, um, like you, you make it really easy to understand. I think what you're showing is that a lot of the natural, I guess, personality traits and inclinations that coaches have are so poorly suited for um, just business in general. I mean, it's it's just a general rule. Like, you know, coaches are empathetic by nature. You know, that's kind of their job. They have to put themselves outside of themselves into somebody else's shoes. Well, marketing is, by and large, the exact opposite of that. It's kind of like sticking your neck out, like, hey, look at me. Um, and that can just be very naturally off-putting. Uh, I, I, I share that. I share that sentiment with you 100%. Um, it's just not in our nature to, uh, I guess, maybe call attention to ourselves as, as individuals. It's more calling attention to our ideas and our, um, you know, kind of uh, the way that we look at, at uh, becoming a better person, not necessarily me as myself. So, yeah, I, I think that's, that's one of the ways that it can be very counterintuitive. Um, and I think with regards to branding is another one, not just marketing, but branding as, as you just mentioned, um, you know, but I think it's important for listeners to remember that if your client is thinking of paying for, you know, wellness coaching or, or health coaching, there's kind of, there's kind of a limit in their mind as to what that price should be like, okay, well I would pay X for this service. Well, if we're talking about a person, how do you value, how do you put a value on, you know, imagine if I said to you, I'm going to give you a, a hour long discussion about, I don't know, business. Okay, well, business education has a certain price. Now, what if I said, I'm going to let you sit with Warren Buffett for an hour? I mean, yeah. that that price can be anything. Like, mm -hmm. that can be, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending, because now the price depends on your own self-perceived worth right as mm -hmm. as a client not not as the practitioner and so just that shift i think also opens up a lot of doors from a um yeah from from a pricing perspective and also just from a general business perspective as well so yeah yeah you know the the two quick things i'll say about that you know one is on on the marketing piece i um you know I do think marketing can come from a place of empathy and can come from a place of perspective taking, right? And I think that's that's marketing well done, right? Where it's it's because it's not about ooh look at me I'm so great. And like if you're doing it that way, yeah, you're probably gonna miss the mark. It's about putting yourselves in the shoes of a potential client, right? Which, as you sort of alluded to, is is usually someone that was you know dealing with maybe many of the things that you dealt with, you know three, five, 10 years ago, right? It's just in the, earlier on in the journey of, um, and, and is being able to understand that struggle and then just close that loop of saying, hey, like I've, I've been there, I know what it's like. Um, and I've got, I've got some tools and I've got some ideas that can be really helpful to move you out of that place. 
right? right? And um, and I and and I think there's a way to to kind of language your marketing that can take that perspective, and it's really powerful. And I think people really can connect to it and resonate with it. Uh, I don't want to claim that I have done a great <laughs> job at that or perfected it. It is most definitely something I am working on, but um, that's that's the approach I'm trying to take. Right. Um, yeah. Well, for listeners, I know Jeff isn't going to say it, but uh, he did do a great job at it because if you check out the website, I think anybody that that does see it is going to immediately be able to resonate with the language. You know, I think the way you speak not only on the podcast but the the copy on on the website, um, I think is at the same time approachable but also important. Um, it, it feels meaningful, and so balancing that. It's a tightrope, and I, I know all too well that you can veer far too much onto either side of making it all about me, um, but also just being completely impersonal and generic. So, yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to straddle, but um, I think you've done a great job at it. And uh, yeah, on on that final note, I want to uh, give you the chance to give listeners your website and uh, where we can find out more about all the work you do, which we haven't even touched the surface. I mean, there's so much more we could have gotten into. You're, you're really, you're, uh, you're really dipping your, your toes in a lot of different places here, but uh, which I find impressive, but yeah, just tell us where we can find you and maybe social media accounts as well. Yeah. I just want to thank you, Brandy, because I've got, I know you can't see my face, but I have a huge smile over <laughs> here. Um, <laughs> of course. And, um, yeah. So if, uh, if you're looking to, to get in touch, um, my website is Jeff Siegel Wellness, Siegel spelled S-I-E-G-E-L. Um, and if same thing on Instagram, on Instagram, my hashtag is Jeff Siegel Wellness, um, Facebook, uh, you know, Facebook page at Jeff Siegel Wellness. Um, you can get in touch with me on LinkedIn as well, because um, I do I do corporate wellness work um, and different programming, fitness, mindfulness uh, for employees. Um, and, you know, I, yeah, I would love to hear where you're at, um, you know, with your coaching or, and, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm interested in, in being of service and, and helping people. And if there's anything I can do to help you take one more step on your evolutionary journey, I would love to do that. Perfect. Yeah. Well, that, that's or that service oriented outlook definitely shines through. So, um, yeah, Jeff, thank you so much. I, I wish you the best of luck. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what else you're doing out there. So thank you so much again. Yeah, thanks for the time and the, and the great questions. I really appreciate it. All righty. Talk Take soon. Care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Coaches Circle Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to our show just as much as we enjoyed making it. If you'd like to check out a complete listing of all of the episodes on our show, head on over to lifecoachpath.com slash podcast. See you on the next one.